Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Yaakov David Bornstein, Shliach, to Longmont, Colorado, on the topic of plan giving and being included in people's will. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlach on their Shluchim. Yes, Dovi. I would like to give a special thanks to the sponsors of the Shluchim podcast, Svatman Jewelers, and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. Let's get right to it. Why is it important for Shliach to make efforts to be included in the wills of community members? Well, when we're talking about our long-term future for Chabad, we're talking about very significant money out there. And when it comes to wills and trust especially, um, where they could really, really help you put up your maestas, sustain your maestas, help you marry off your kids when they get older, all the long-term needs possible. So that's why it's very, very important that every shliach to try at least to get involved in people's wills and trust. One of the greatest challenges that shluchim have in this area is the fear of bringing up something that is so sensitive. We feel that we may turn someone away. How would you respond to that? Well, I have that same fear. Um, that's why I kind of let it happen for a few years. I didn't really ask anyone because I was fearful that, you know, the person might tell me no and, you know, it's such a touchy situation. But on all of my situations, not once did anyone tell me, you know, Rabbi, that's, that's you know, that, that's where you don't go or that's too sensitive. On the contrary, everyone was really happy that I asked them. And uh, lately, in the last half a year, I realized that everywhere they live, they're going to the JCC or the Federation or any other organization around us, ask them already to, to think for the future. So why, why shouldn't we ask? So on the contrary to this, I have to answer you that most people are not going to be offended at all by you asking. They think that Chabad is, is a very important part of the city, you know, very important to their Yiddishkeit, and if that's what they feel, they think of the future also for their children. Or if they don't have children, you know, what, who, you know they want to leave over a legacy. So I think it's very important to, worry, to realize that I don't think anyone's going to truly be offended by you asking I think part of the problem is we don't have the wording. So give me an example of how you would bring it up and the choice of wording you would use. So what, what I personally do is, I'm gonna, if I want to call it, say, Michael, I'm going to say, Michael, I would like to meet with you a few minutes in the next few days whenever you have time. This is not a fundraising meeting. This is a personal uh, discussion I would like to have with you. Um, the best would be is, is if I could include your wife as well in this meeting, if they're married. Um, let me know your, your office, your home, wherever is better for you. Just a few minutes of a personal conversation with you. Whenever you have the time, let me know. Again, there's no rush. And uh, so a few times they would say, okay, so if it's not financial, what is it? You know what I mean? So then, if they did ask and clear out, I would say is, you know, we're, we're on an amazing uh, growth over here at Chabad, and, and we, uh, we're really working on this plan giving uh, section over here, and, and we're going, you know, then I would mention it. But usually, only one person asking that. Everyone else said, okay, sure. You know, they think it's not a fundraising thing. They're probably the rabbis asking them about the camp or something. You know what I mean? So they let me into the house. Um, usually it's going to be in the One house. Second, if, I can ask, uh, let me, 
if I could just ask one question, but the fact is it, it, it is fundraising, or, or is it not really fundraising because you're not asking them for money now, you're just talk, you're asking them. Exactly. I, 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 to, by me, when I was asking them for a meeting, they kept on thinking, you know, that the guy wants to meet, the rabbi wants to meet me now for a, for a donation now to sponsor this now, you know what I mean? So I just want to take away that um, worry that they have. And when I get there, actually, I'm going to say, you know what, um, right away they'll sit down, they'll say, so what is this, Rabbi? What would you like to discuss? So I'll say, actually, you know, this is a very, very touchy situation for many, many years. I'll tell them straight out, I had a very hard time asking. Um, so now I'm asking the closest friends and the people who, I would, who would appreciate me ask them. And I'm, we're thinking about the future growth at Chabad, and I will name them already that we have this kind of trust or this kind of will, this one's revocable, this one's irrevocable. I'll give them a few numbers, and then I'll say, so now we're turning to you, Michael. Um, want to know if you could include us in your trust or will as well. Are, there, are you actually sharing names, or you're just saying we have a few um, You've included a few other wills, and you name a few of the amounts just to give them an idea. Exactly. Um, there's one particular person who lets me use his name. Well, halfway. So the people that he knows in Shul, I'm allowed to say, so-and-so already left us his house. You know, would you consider doing something like that as well? I think that's a great idea because then people see that other people are doing it and it makes it easier for you to ask. It's a great sell. It's a, it's a great market. Exactly. So no one's been upset once you actually bring up the topic of, of the, the will when, once you said that, that it's not about fundraising. You know what? Not, by me, never. You know, on the contrary, everyone was very, very happy. Even all the people I asked, no one, you know, either they came back later on as yes or, you know, were considering it, but no one was at all upset. No, never. If they say they are interested, do you have a lawyer that, that you try to connect them with, or do they do that on their own? Well, yes, uh, if possible, I would always try to steer them to the two lawyers that I deal with. Um, and that is my Balabas many years ago. I had, no, I had no idea who to use. He recommended someone in downtown Denver. They're a very large firm. Their, their specialty is in trust and wills. And, you know, they're, they're downtown. They're right next to the kosher area. So there's the restaurants around and so on and so forth. I really try to get them there. And that is because... I really would like to steer people in, if possible, to set up a trust over a will. A will could be uh, challenged forever and ever. There's a lot of rules regarding wills. I'm not a specialist in these things, but till it goes through probate, anyone could, could challenge it. But if you set up a trust properly, it's a lot, lot better. Um, you, you kind of skip that whole um, area over there. So therefore, I would always try to send him to my lawyer in downtown, just because also, firstly, he's not Jewish, so he's coming to them as a, you know, as just, he's officially on their team, and he's trying to help them plan their, uh, their future, but not only that, he knows, he knows me already, we dealt a few times, so he throws in extra things, he says, oh, what about, do you have any other antiques, or do you have a, so the guy says, let's say, I have a piano. It's worth 30000 I mean, I never heard of these things. Would you like to leave that to Chabad as well? How about your cars? Would you like, what, did you think about your cars? How many cars do you have? So before you know it, what the guy was originally going to give a small percentage of his life insurance, 
He's giving part of his home. He's giving his car. He's giving a piano. So that's why I try to send to this place, and I'm, and I'm there by the meeting if the person lets, of course. Always when I go to, 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 the, to the lawyer downtown, I make sure that I leave enough time for a lunch or a supper, and I make sure to go out to the restaurant, either to the Milchik's or Fleischik, and basically, you know, and I'm, I'll tell the person to order whatever it is, and I, I right away give my credit card. I, before I walk in, I give the credit card to the person who's serving, the waitress, and tell her that I'm covering it. So the time when, she, when, the, time when the bill comes, she says, oh, the rabbi already got it. And usually the guy says, well, what are you doing, rabbi? You know what I mean? I said, no, 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 no. I appreciate what you're doing over here, so I'm taking, uh, this is on me. Um, it worked very well for all the times because the guy's like, wow, you know, it's very nice. The rabbi did it. And we end up going out to, uh, two blocks later. We go to, the, to sit down with the lawyer, and then we're, he's a lot more in a good mood. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more generous at that point. Absolutely. But I just also want to say that we brought down uh, Shui Eliezer's balabas. His name is Harry Barth. Um, he actually travels around the entire U.S. giving lectures about planned giving. And he was here giving a talk for a good year anyways. He will not take a penny from your Chabad house. Um, you just pick him up, drop him off at the hotel. He gives an amazing talk. You'll be surprised of how many people he'll attract. And he actually, at the end of his presentation, says, whoever is going to give a, tr- uh, a will or trust that is irrevocable, at a minimum, and he'll give you a number, 150, 250,000, I will do it for you for free if you're going to give it to Chabad. And he speaks about how his son came from through Chabad and so on and so forth, and it changed his life. So he's also very, very good to use. And I used, um, I, I actually sent um, someone to him. And what happened during that conversation, someone needs to do a trust after their husband passed away. And during that conversation, he said, what happens if something happens to you? You know, what happens? So he said, she, so the lady said, fine, let's name Chabad as just in case something happens to me or my daughter, um, we'll give over all our assets to Chabad. So he's also very, very good, Harry and his son. They're very, very good. They'll, they'll really sell it for you, for your Chabadists as well. So just to, I just want to clarify this, because when it's another Shliach Balapas, you always want to be clear, Rabbi Eliezer is fine with this, right? Oh, you mean if the yeah. is going to contact him, he's fine with that. Absolutely. Um, this is Shui spoke about it by the Kinnis, and uh, Harry's very excited to come. And what happens during this thing is he gives this great talk, but his talk is not about how they could uh, give Chabad millions of dollars. It's really talking to the donors of how they could save thousands of dollars of different things they never thought about, different tips. And people are blown away because this guy's a serious mumcha. And then what happens is he says, okay, I'm giving out... Uh, you know, he gives out a beautiful pamphlet, and in it, everyone returned to me, like, uh, your name, your number, and my secretary will call you and set you up with a free one-and-a-half-hour appointment. I think it's an hour and a half. And uh, everyone in the group took him up on it. And, uh, again, your Balabatim feel like, not like they were pulled out of their houses to go join you at, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, to give away their money, they feel like they're getting good tips. And he gives you the wording to, to sell it to the people that you're there as a Chabad house, you're thinking about their future, and you're giving them some great tips, and they, they can come for free and enjoy some coffee as well. Besides asking directly, do you educate your community about including Chabad in their wills any other way? Yes. 
every week in the email I have a lesson that I put in there. Um, in my calendar, I take out a half-page full ad, and whenever I have an opportunity to speak about it, I will. Sometimes I might throw in, in, a, in a conversation on Yom Kippur, and you know, in the middle of a talk, I'll say, you know what, this is amazing that our community also think in the future we've had, you know, such growth this year with. Uh, let's say three people joining us this year and giving us a living trust, just that they should hear that it's, it's existing at Chabad. So yes, every single email I send out, it's part of it. Again, I'll be happy to share with anyone who wants to have some wording. I copied from another shliach. So, so uh, I'm happy to, to give whatever I, the wording I use, but I put it in every single week in the email. Okay. Is there a criteria um, for someone that you would ask, or do you believe that your average person is able to leave something to Chabad? Okay. So, uh, excellent question. The beginning, like you said, it's such a sensitive issue. I only asked people that had no children, uh, specifically even one case where there's no family. He's a Ben Yachid in the world that said he doesn't know what to do with it, like the person's going to leave it to the church. At this situation, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to be direct with him and tell him, listen, you have to leave over a legacy. Again, the next level would be is someone who's married and doesn't have children. It's also it's a very easy ask. Everyone in the community has these people, single people or married with no children. Um, also, these people got to be asked right away. And then only a little while ago did I ask a grandmother who has a couple, you know, she lost her husband, but she has two kids. She has a grandkid. I, this is the first time I asked someone that has family, and I was a little nervous about it, or I'll be more precise, very nervous about it. But again, she was helping me do a mailing at Chabad, and I said, oh, by the way, you know, Linda, you know, would you consider this and this? And she said, actually, um, I've been thinking about it for the last little while, so thank you for asking me. And, uh, you know, she basically said that her children and grandchildren come first, but she, she'll put Chabad in the will. So the answer is, I'll re- now I pushed the envelope that I started asking the families with children as well, I'm not going to ask a young Balabas, you know, who's giving me money now to, to think of the future. At least I'm not ready for that yet. Can you give us some practical examples of people's wills you've recently been included in? We personally have been included in someone's life insurance. It's a small life insurance policy. Um, we have another individual who gave us a condo, um, which that one actually is irrevocable. So uh, that's the best one, and also for their tax purposes and stuff like that as well, for them as well sometimes. If someone explains them why it's good for them, it, it could be beneficial for both of them, for both of us. Um, one second. Irrevocable means that at this point they cannot go back on their word? That is correct. That is correct. That means even if somehow he got into a big fight with us, it's irrevocable. It's signed over. He doesn't own it no more. And then we have um, the person who has given us uh, – homes, and I say plural, with, with cars, and also we had one person who gave us art, he's an art dealer, and unfortunately they moved, that, uh, they, they sent me a, a certified letter saying they took us out of the will, so we lost one already, but the point over here is, at the time, um, when I got to realize what he was talking about, we were talking about that this was, would have been my biggest, largest will, this was talking about about $4 million worth of art, so... You know, everything could be a different uh, category of people giving. Right. So you're saying, I mean, from here we see that there's so many different ways that you could be included. Absolutely. And the best thing is, usually we just keep quiet and let the lawyers talk and and the people speak it out with the lawyers and they start figuring out their plans. They say, you know what? 
I don't need that. Let, let Chabad have that as well. Let Chabad take this, you know, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it ends up growing before it's done. Okay, what last thoughts on this topic would you like to share with Shlomo? Well, what last thoughts? Um, I live in Longmont, Colorado. Longmont, Colorado is a very small suburb of Boulder. It's not a wealthy area at all. On the contrary, um, I believe that if, I, if every shliach thinks of some people in this Chabad else, that they might not look wealthy at all. And they probably they aren't wealthy, or they even consider themselves paupers, but they own a house, they own cars, they own real estate somewhere else. They have, they have something. If you ask, you'll get. It's, it's not an easy ask, but at least try it. And uh, if you have any questions, um, I'll be happy to help you. I just want to finish up with one amazing tip this lawyer helped me out. Uh, where I mentioned in the beginning of the class about this person who was giving us the home, um, even after they told me no, I had to come up with a, a plan of how the church should not get his homes, but Chabad should, but yet he already made it clear he doesn't want to give it to Chabad. This person particularly thinks of himself as, ah, oh, he barely gets by, he inherited a house from his parents, he uh, had some other stuff, but he can't, you know, he has a hard time even paying the tax, the, the property tax. We set it up with the lawyer, all legit, that Chabad pays his property tax every single year. And it's set up that if he pulls out of the, of the will, he has to pay a risk of, risk of X amount. Basically, we had an amazing deal that through us paying his, paying his property tax, he felt, oh, at least this, you know, two, three thousand dollars is off my head. And, um, and now Chabad could have the will. So it's a, it worked amazing, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it could work for a lot of other shluchim as well. Let's just finish with the contact information for the, the Balabas of Eliezri, who goes around speaking. Um, so again, his name is Harry Barth, and his, web, his, his email is hmbfinlaw.com. So Barth Calderon attorneys there in California. Um, I guess Sui Eliezri would have his cell number and everything, but uh, Harry Barth, he's always uh, wanting to go to Shluchim and help them. So I think he's a great tool to use. How do you spell Barth? B-A-R-T-H. Okay. And what is, the, what is his website? BarthAttorneys.com. You got that? So www. B-A-R-T-H, attorneys.com. Thank you, Rabbi Borenstein, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha and unique approach to planned giving. We really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you very much. This is Dovi Shapiro. I would like to give special thanks to the many Shluchim that continue to give feedback. Please send in your ideas for future interviews, as well as your thoughts on how to make the Shluchim podcast even better. Make it a great week.